morning, good afternoon, good evening, or it's 3 I'm gonna run it. See you guys on tech. I am Eagle Falcon. We got a lot to talk about. We actually do have quite a lot to talk about. This just appears to have been the week of really weird, bizarre tech news. And we're actually going to start off pretty weird. Well, actually, we're going to start off with a really no. Systemic cybersecurity failures persist across federal agencies, according to a Senate report. If you have been paying attention at all to the state of cyber attacks as of late, your answer really should be no. Really? Whoa. Shut the front door. Who would have ever thought? Did you know there are massive security vulnerabilities across the board? When all kinds of agencies have been held up by ransomware and various companies being held up by ransomware across the board. And not only that, they just paid them because they were so tech illiterate. They thought, man, you know, it'd be a smart, smart person thing to do. We should go pay those nice people that just held our computer ransom instead of, you know, F-disking the whole blasted thing and restoring from a backup. I, I just, I'll never understand. But you know what makes this report even better? You know what makes this report even better? is the bizarre story. The Pentagon believes its predictive AI can predict events days in advance. Yes. They can't figure out how to restore computer from backup how to restore server and infrastructure from backup. But our AI can predict the future. Our AI can potentially go full Skynet. <laughs> yeah, th this is what we need in our lives, didn't you know? Th th this is what we needed. We needed the events that start Terminator going on right now. Look, predictive AI can't even tell whether I've used, whether I've used a rap song or an abandoned piece of a video game soundtrack. Do you think I have any faith that predictive AI by the Pentagon by the federal government that still believes that BlackBerry is a viable phone company. I actually have no idea if they still do to the still still do use Blackberries. 
to be perfectly honest. But I digress. Yes, we can go ahead and predict attacks and various other events days in advance. Despite the fact I can't tell the difference between a bad rap song and Scala's theme from Chrono Trigger. Yeah, okay. You do that. I am still salty about that, by the way. I haven't actually put the podcast on YouTube in forever, but the fact that every single episode of the podcast while it was on YouTube constantly got flagged for our outro, which, by the way, if you somehow didn't know, is a remix of Scala's theme from Chrono Trigger. But no, it's clearly this bad rap artist. In fact, it's not even just one. It did two. I've gotten flagged as two different rap artist songs. Those videos are probably still being claimed and monetized on YouTube because they didn't want to talk about how wrong they were. Someone in chat wants to know which crap art, which uh, terrible artist. I couldn't even tell you. Let me actually see if it's still in my uh, my copyright section. Oh, actually, I just realized that uh, this is actually interesting. I go to my copyright section and it's and, and it says you haven't submitted any copyright takedown requests. Is that what the copyright system in YouTube is now? <laughs> Priority over me harassing other videos takes precedence over making sure my own videos are in the right. <gasps> oh boy. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Uh, I gotta scroll all the way to the, bo- the bottom of it too. Well, let's just go all the way to the end. Um. Oh wow! I actually forgot that there were a bunch of copyright claims on my Final Fantasy Thirteen playthroughs. Because Square just, for whatever reason, their robots flagged every single blasted cutscene. All right, here we go. Here's one. Oh, oh no, never mind. It, it is not what I thought it was. It, it was, it, it was not, this particular claim was not for, uh, for Scala's theme, it was for my city was gone because we did a silly April Fool's joke once. Wait, did they clear up all the? I think they actually cleared up all of my past claims. Holy cow! YouTube actually cleaned up my past claims. They're all gone, actually. Yeah, it's just the various Let's Plays and whatnot that have uh, 
random frickin' uh oh yeah, this video game track is uh is this, that, and the other thing. Oh wait, no, here's one of the really early ones. No, this also wasn't for Scala's theme. It was because I had a I had a picture of a Pokemon Go stampede in the video. And that's why it was flagged. And then it was rejected despite the fact that it falls under fair use. Because of course, the YouTube copyright system is absolute hot garbage. I mean, for more, the video only has five views, so who cares? But that is absolutely something you could take to court. Because that absolutely is within the fair use clause. But I digress. I absolutely digress. Meanwhile, back at the Pentagon, yeah, they're making Skynet. Meanwhile, Google is helping a fake version of Brave.com to push malware. So here's how this worked. You've seen this kind of thing time and time and time again. A scam outlet would go ahead and make a as realistic version of a website as possible solely for the purpose of delivering usually some form of Trojan malware or actually, who am I kidding? It's no longer a Trojan. It's usually some form of ransomware. But of course, one of the things that always ends up ruining these kinds of fake websites is the TLS certificate. This is the thing that if you, if you try going to a website that, ha that had their TLS certificate expire, your web browser, and this is true for Edge, Chrome, and Firefox, and pretty much every other browser that's worth, worth its salt, I think even Safari does it, even though it's not worth its salt. I'm just saying, Safari's terrible. And the only reason you use it is because you have a Mac. You went ahead and drank that apple Kool-Aid. And now you are just lying to yourself, telling yourself, Safari's a good browser. The apple cultist at the head told me so. And you, you know it's not true. You, you know Safari is bad, but you continue to use it because you have no choice. Anyway, normally these sort of false websites, you try to go to, it says like, wait, something's not right here. There's a validation. You actually have to actively go through and get like more details. And I understand the risks go there anyway. And it's a very good tool to avoid these sort of fake websites. It's the point where even your grandmother will know better and not touch it. Win-win. But for some reason, Google was tricked into offering a TLS certificate to a fake website for Brave.com. Brave.com, by the way, is a competing service to Google that promotes heavily on privacy. 
and is becoming more and more popular as of late. But of course, if you're tricked into going to this faux brave.com website, and of course the TLS certificate is valid, you don't think anything of it. So what if it's brave.com instead of brave.com? You're not going to notice a minor detail like that, especially since, you know, the TLS came up positive. I mean, how many people actually look at their web browser after they go to a website? Not that it matters, because clicking on it once, all of a sudden now, the, the malware is being pushed. And your computer, now infected. Needless to say, after this has been found, uh, Google has revoked the TLS certificate. But this just kind of goes along the lines of, remember how last week we were talking about how scam buster extraordinaire Jim Browning even fell for a for a scam that deleted his YouTube account? Literally anyone can fall for these. No matter how savvy you are, always be aware because you never know when someone like Google even messes up a little bit shifting gears I want to take oh take us over to the world of more and more your device is not gonna be your own Home Depot is now gonna be selling power tools that require activation in store in order to use. I'm not going to lie. I am legitimately curious what everyone's thoughts are on this. So what it is, is that let's say you need a power drill. The power drill will not function without someone in the store entering a code and then bypassing it to then activate the drill. So this means that if you go ahead, you go to Home Depot, you say you, you, you're a bad person. You're, you're, you're a naughty person and you go ahead, you, you take a drill, you stash it in your trench coat and you just walk out with it. Well, you now have a drill that will cease to function. It will not work at all. So... On paper, it sounds good. However, let me tell you why I hate this. The only thing this stops is that scenario I just described. It would only be a matter of time, though, until purists begin to innocently find ways to bypass the activation system 
And then of course there is, as someone just pointed out, what happens if there's a glitch and it requires reactivation? Do I suddenly need to now keep my receipt to make, in case I need to go back and activate a, activate the object again? That'd be really obnoxious. But no, here's the real problem. The amount of theft this is going to stop is a lot less than you'd think because a market will, eventually it will just be bypassed. Someone will find a way to bypass the security measure. And it most likely will not be hard because they want to implement this as little as possible. But now consider the following. What is in very short supply right now? Silicon. Microchips. What is a security system like this going to require? So now all of a sudden a device, a very dumb device, because all it is is a trigger, a motor, a couple of heat sensors to make sure that the thing doesn't fry itself in case you overload it, a switch, and connectors for a separate battery. That's it. You're now adding another piece of silicon, which by the way is in stupid high demand right now as everything and their mother wants to become smart as in smart device. You know what I mean? These sort of smart devices want to exist. Objects that previously didn't require a lot of silicon now are. as the electrification of vehicles pushes forward. And then you've now added an additional point of failure on top of all this, as someone pointed out in the chat, to the whole mix. And then on top of that, on top of all that, You are selling this to a customer base that isn't that tech savvy. And the moment you tell them, oh, there's a security chip in there so that, so that in case someone steals it, instantly they're going to hate that because they're then going to wonder, oh, is one day this not going to be mine? And all of a sudden, remotely, the thing's going to seize up. Now, that's not what's being said, but you that's what the average handyman that's going to be looking for a power tool like this is going to think I hate this I think this is a terrible terrible idea so all of a sudden the competitors of Home Depot which of course are going to vary in your area around here in my neck of the woods. That's going to be Menards farm and fleet Menards being the biggest one, but I'm, I think Menards are only in like 
Wisconsin and near Wisconsin. I don't think they're elsewhere within the country. I don't even know what other comp. What are the competitors? Oh, Lowe's. That would be the major competitor, the major nationwide, at least here in the U.S., competitor to Home Depot. Or actually also Ace Hardware. And other such tool shops like that. God, what other competitors to Home Depot are there? I'm sure I'm sure there are plenty. Like I said, around here we got like one that's, you know, notorious, but it's only in our area. But now, speaking of problems, I give you Quest. K-W-E-S-T. Quest is a service that will go out, find the best deals for GPUs, and also people could sell their own GPUs on the platform. At least that's what was being said. They also went, went out of their way to go ahead and get their own GPUs and then sell them at as close to MSRP as they could. But there's a problem with Quest. Guess what you never got? That thing you ordered. Apparently... Quest has been just fulfilling very few of the orders they ever received and pretty much went completely off the grid, went complete MIA since early June and all refunds stopped being, being sent as of June 15th, according to a according to a large thread of users on Reddit. But the thing is, is that the service quest, the website is still active. It's still going. You can still place orders, but there's no one on the back end to, that's going to do anything about it. No one is there. And they are not responding to anything. It is basically either a giant scam or a service that got in way over their head, way too quickly, and then abandoned ship. But then effectively becomes a scam. So, I mean, my, my thoughts on this are pretty self-evident. I would just strongly recommend that if you do see anything regarding Quest, K-W-E-S-T, you just don't. And to, once again, when these sort of things come up, just always ask yourself, is it too good to be true? Because odds are, 
It is too good to be true. My personal favorite being this letter I recently got, saying that I am the inheritor of $24.5 million from a relative I've never heard of. Printed on a normal piece of laser printer paper. Going to a random email provider I've never heard of. Going to a person that does not work at the bank. That, you know, they said they do. As much as I'd love $24.5 million. It's not real. It's fiction. Just like you, you want that 3080 Ti... At the actual price it should be at? Well, unfortunately, the current situation has it as fiction. We're going to take a break here when we come back. We have a lot of Apple news to talk about and how their whole statement on security is starting to go up in smoke. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. Speaking of scams, Apple. Just Apple. Just Apple in general. Nah, I kid. Apple apparently has developers claiming that Apple is promoting scam apps on the App Store. Apparently there are a ton of apps that uh, are free but you download them and then in order to unlock any of the features on them, you have to pay an absorbent amount of, of money. The whole point of these is to try and circumvent the actual price tag that you see when you download the app. This, however, is very much against the terms of service on the Apple App Store. And, well, Apple, in fact, did remove these apps after the developers pointed out, but the fact that this kind of behavior continues to goes on in the mobile space really does say volumes. I have complained over and 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 over again! about how the mobile gaming space is basically one giant toxic casino where everything is free and all that matters in the end is paying the money to gamble so that you can if you win your gamble you can still you can continue to play the game And these style of games are omnipresent on these mobile platforms. 
You want to know what's funny right now? Recently, a large gaming company, Square Enix, has launched three standalone games on the iOS and Google Play Store. They are called the Pixel Remasters. I bet you completely forgot that they were launched on mobile. Because all people have been doing is buying them on PC because, of course, well, it's the first time these old-school-style games are available on the PC. And people griping that they're not available on the Switch yet. That's all you've heard. And in fact, the availability of them on mobile came off as a red flag because, of course, the mentality of mobile games has become if it's a mobile game, it is automatically hot garbage. By the way, speaking of mobile games, one of the biggest disappointments in gaming history lately, Diablo Immortal, we thought it was dead. We thought after they got booed off the stage at their own convention that Diablo Immortal was dead. Unfortunately, in a recent earnings call, I don't have a story for this, this is why I'm, call, this is why I'm referring to it now. In a recent, in a recent earnings call, Activision Blizzard has said that Diablo Immortal will be launching in 2022. They are still moving forward with the development of this game, despite the fact their own rabid, loyal fan base literally, not figuratively, literally booed the lead developers and directors off the stage. All because it was, and all they knew, it's Diablo on mobile. And that it was made by by King Games, who is, you know, kind of notorious for just making bad, knockoff, pay-to-win, scumbag games. But my point is that there are three new games out there on mobile. Pay once, and then you're done. But because you have that pay once element to it, no one wants to touch it because, of course, they never show up on the list because everyone sorts by price. By default, it sorts by price. And it's for this reason why the App Store for your mobile phones will continue to be nothing but a list of things that no one in the know wants to touch. I mean, let's be honest here. Those of you who have phones, not those of you who, who hate Diablo Immortal because you don't have phones, but those of you who have phones, how many times have you ever, underline, ever, used the 
recommended apps list in the app store. I know our sample set is small here. But how many of you do it? None. Not a one. Oh, we have one person. The overall majority don't touch it, though. Very few do. Most people, in fact, only trust apps based on word of mouth because that is just how hilariously toxic these app stores have become. So the fact that these kind of stories exist about these sort of scam apps really should surprise no one. Shifting gears away from the App Store, but still sticking on Apple for a minute. I want to talk about for a moment an issue that I have been conflicted about that has recently come up, and I have actually been legitimately surprised by the general opinion of... Apple's new policy on security. So let's, let's set a little bit of background first. Apple has advertised for a long, long time now that iOS is the phone that is all about security. It's your phone, it's your business, everything is encrypted, on your phone, on the phone's end. We do not mine any data on your phone for our own gain. That was their stab against Android. And for the most part, until now, Apple has stuck to their guns. Much to the infuriatingness of law enforcement. However, Apple has now said that they will implement technologies to scan pictures on devices that have child abuse. So now you start to see how the conflicts could start. On one hand, you have the phone that has always been based on security, but of course that means that any sort of malicious activity such as child abuse can now be hidden behind the encryption of the iPhone. And since there's no backdoor into it, well, these sort of heinous crimes can go undetected however Apple now implements features onto the phone and into the back end of the phone into the iCloud and whatnot to scan for, for pictures that detect any kind 
of abuse against children, sexual or otherwise, and be able to help do something about them. This always leads to one of the great problems. Because you start with something that you can't argue against. Are you going to be the person that says no? My privacy is more important than the safety of children. But again, that's how these things start. It can very easily become a very, very slippery slope. And all of a sudden, now a device that you thought was yours, your own, used for whatever, can now be used to monitor for who knows what. Heck, what if, let's pretend I still use an iPhone and Apple was able to see on my Twitter that is linked to my iPhone that I talk smack about their terrible repair policies. And all of a sudden, Eagle Eyes on Tech vanishes, magically vanishes from one of the biggest podcasting platforms out there, iTunes. Or Apple Podcasts, as they call it now. I don't know. Apple can't figure out what the heck they're doing. But it's okay, because those same tools they use to shut down my podcasting operation, it's also used to protect children and just think of the children. I talked about this on Eagle Eyes, or on, on, on the Early Bird Briefing, our daily podcast, about how you've put me between a rock and a hard place. Because I can see it for what it is. This is, in fact, a slippery slope. And everyone going through and saying, this is how they're doing it, this is how they're making sure everything's secure. Yeah, that's great and all, but... You take an inch, and a mile will soon follow. It is inevitable. I will say there have been plenty of people out there trying to go ahead and defending this. And there have been some very good arguments as to how this isn't as much of a slippery slope as it initially sees. But I hate to break it to you, a 2% grade slope is still a slope. Not, not percent, two degree, 
Wait, did I say present? Wait, it doesn't matter. The point is, is that a slope is still a slope. As far as how much sexual abuse this will find, I suspect very little. Because, let's be honest. If you were a complete sicko that was doing this sort of thing with your phone, you're not going to use an iPhone anymore. You weren't for a while ever since the dawn of the stupid, scammy, frickin' privacy phone that runs on a flavor of Linux. You're using that phone. I am willing to bet. I'm not going to, but I'm willing to bet that there is going to be more false positives on this system than there are actual real cases. I have a really, really bad feeling about this system, and I really, really hope that I'm wrong. But again, since Apple is a private company, the only thing you can do, realistically, is vote with your wallet. I'm an Android customer. When it comes to my primary daily driver phone, and quite frankly, I see no reason to switch back to iOS. I've thought about it. But in the end, we'll just see how things go. Someone in chat points out that uh, there are systems like this already in place in the EU. So there could be a... There could be some problems there. I actually don't know what they're going to be doing and where they're going to be rolling this out. They're just saying they're going to be putting out these features for iOS 15, iO iPadOS 15, watchOS 8, and macOS Monterey Jack. I mean Monterey. Monorail. Can we just go back to macOS having normal names? So dumb. Well, yeah, like I said, just vote with your wallet. Vote with your feet. Although, full disclosure, I do own an iPad and I have been using it for basically for capturing iOS games for footage for YouTube, and that's about it. And by that, I mean I set it up and then I haven't done anything with it yet because I've been way too busy lately, but I still have plans to do it, but I digress. Meanwhile, speaking of security, Facebook is, tr to the surprise of literally no one, 
is trying to analyze users' encrypted messages without reading their texts. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sure. Sure you are. Yeah. Here, here's my question, Facebook. If you're not reading their texts, what are you analyzing? It's a message. It's not like there's, you know, much to it other than time sent to who and the actual body of the message. But surprise, oh, I'm sorry. The length of the message. You got me there. But let's, let's talk about this for a second. Does anyone believe for a nanosecond that Facebook is going to try and go ahead to break user encryption, but not read anyone's text? Of course not. Someone in chat says Facebook would monitor my toilet if they could. Who says they can't? I know a lot of people joke about the, the toilet that can post your details about it on Twitter, but I'm fairly certain that actually exists. If only because smart devices are just crazy. Just absolutely crazy. Meanwhile, back to the whole point of, wait a minute. Are my stories out of order? They are. How did that happen? I'm actually making a decision to just ax this one story. I have one story here regarding Apple's fight back against Epic Games, but I'll give you the quick rundown about it. A Apple just wants to try and prove that Epic doesn't care about antitrust or anything. They just want a 30, they just want less than a 30% cut. So that they can sell more digital currency. There we go. Done. That's the story. And like that, I stopped caring. In the meantime, Facebook is disabling the accounts of... Uh, of the new of New York University teams looking into political advertising targeting. Apparently, a team over at the New York University has been looking into how Facebook uh, sells advertising in regards to targeting political demographics. And apparently in a James Bond style, they know too much. Facebook just deleted their accounts, disabled them, saying that they are violating their terms of service in trying to find information. To which, here's my comment. Look, New York University team, you don't have to go ahead and 
scrap up as much data as you can and risk disabling your account against Facebook, just wait five minutes. Just wait five minutes and Facebook will accidentally leak the information you are looking for because that's how good Facebook is at keeping a blasted secret. That also being said, this is not a good look for Facebook. Trying to say that they play all sides evenly and then when a team is trying to look into are they treating all sides evenly, they shut down the team. That's a uh, very James Bond-esque of you. We're going to take a break here when we come back. Let's get a Blizzard update as well as a bit of a look into what Google is planning for their next phones. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. Brack is out! J. Allen Brack, aka Jab, aka that one hippie looking guy that I can't believe actually runs all of Blizzard, has stepped down and new leadership was put in almost instantly. So, you know, stepping down to take on other life ventures because there's all, there two, they had two people already ready to step in immediately. No, he, he did not step down to, to, to pursue better business ventures. He was fired out of a cannon. There's no other way to look at it. Jab has been replaced by both Jen O'Neill and Mike Yabera. Yabera being a possibly the only person on all of Blizzard that actually plays World of Warcraft, as far as people can tell. So. Maybe the blasted game might actually go somewhere other than spinning its wheels in the mud. But here's the thing. Remember how earlier I said that Activision is still moving forward with Diablo Immortal despite the fact their own rabid fan base literally, not figuratively, literally, booed them off the stage that decision was made only a handful of days ago okay you've changed the president what about your your shameful your dismally failure of an HR department how many of those clowns are gone? Cause that's your problem. When it comes down to poor behavior in the workplace, you can blame the employee, sure. But the fact that it gone on for so long without literally anyone saying anything 
you can only point to both the leadership and HR in absolutely failing at their one job. Jay Allen Brack is gone. Okay. That's a good first step. Now, how much of that terrible, blind as a bat, abysmally bad, potentially corrupt, useless HR department is also being fired out of the same cannon? Chat says potentially corrupt. They're either in on it and actually partaking in it or just so incompetent that they were blind to the situation. Either way, they need to be fired. I'm willing to accept that maybe they were just so bad at their job they couldn't tell that freaking the alcohol consumption in their office was measured in the gallons. Maybe they were that blind. Maybe they were in on it. Either way, it's no excuse, and they need to be gone. That is the only way as a company you are going to heal. The next step, then, I hate to break it to you, is actually listening to your customers. Why would you push out a terrible game no one wants while your current your current games are suffering drastically. People were locked in their homes. They couldn't go anywhere. And somehow an MMO, the biggest MMO in the world lost users during a historical lockdown. This should have been their first red flag to go, whoa, what's going on? And it's still going down. It's still getting worse. And of course, the fact that you have this unacceptable behavior in the workplace environment is just the tip of the iceberg. And the fact that I am saying that it has been happening rather than alleged, there's no way it's alleged at this point. There's no way they go ahead and let this many people go that they behave the way they have over this unless it is true. Which then also makes me wonder, hey, Blizzard, how is that PR, how is that PR gal? I forgot her name. Someone in the chat actually is correct. It is still technically alleged until proven in a court of law. Okay, yes, you, you do have me there. It is still technically alleged. But I mean... There's no way they behave like this if it didn't happen. 
but ch- chat is keeping keep me in the right here. It is still technically alleged. But the fact that their first response was how dare the state of California push these allegations when they clearly knew this was happening and that PR woman is still there? I'm sorry, Blizzard. But getting rid of J. Allen Brack? Not even close to getting back a small fraction of the respect that you want back. Not even close. I still can't believe that on the same day, it's just like, oh, hey, by the way, Jalen Brack is gone. By the way, Diablo Immortal still coming. The game literally no one wants. And that you were booed off the stage back when you actually had some respect. Back when you had respect, you were booed off the stage. Now you have none. But I guess pouring more money in, into a failed project to hope to make some of that cost back, that's far more important, I guess. It's either that they're just getting such a good price on the development that they just don't care. Maybe it actually is the right decision. I mean, my opinion of Blizzard right now can't get much lower. Why not relaunch Diablo Immortal while you're at it? My respect for you is already a negative number. What's the difference between negative three and negative four anyway? That's whatevs. It's not like I was the customer base for Diablo Immortal anyway, right? All right, let's talk about crypto. Over the weekend, this was actually a very big topic that popped up on Twitter. I I will say this much. This is going to be your warning. This is going to get a little political, but not really. Just in the grounds of this is how things work in the U.S. government. All right. There's, There's your warning now. Right now in the Senate, there is a massive infrastructure bill being planned. The original goal of this bill was to help repair and enhance many of the logistical infrastructures within the country. Highways, ports, and then of course the definition of infrastructure began to broaden. I'm sorry, I got a little distracted by the uh, echo dot that just went off.
I was, didn't, didn't actually expect that. But I digress. So the definition of what exactly is infrastructure began to broaden. And then, of course, as things often do in... in politics, the definition began to broaden towards what various representatives believe it should to help benefit what they stand for. And thus things like internet infrastructure got added. And it's like, I could kind of see that, but then began broadening more and more to include things like healthcare even though it's notoriously been, you know, healthcare and infrastructure are separate, but you get, you begin getting it bigger and bigger and bigger. And all of a sudden this bill begins inflating higher and higher and higher and higher in cost to the point now where any representative that wants to be financially responsible now literally cannot stand with the bill at all. So the bill has no chance to pass. It's basically, there's no way. But then someone proposed, what if we put legislation in the giant omnibus bill? Omnibus, by the way, is a term used for a political bill that it is a Massive bill that covers just about everything. And that's basically what the infrastructure bill has become. It has become an omnibus bill. And a big one, clocking in at over $1 trillion in cost. Which is ridiculous. But now they're trying to rope in regulating cryptocurrency in there as a whole. To be able to track and tax cryptocurrency. To which then, Twitter then exploded with people coming out of the woodwork saying that this is the worst thing possible and then damning this particular, this side of the aisle and that side of the aisle for daring to put this forward, even though the, the side of the aisle they support put it in. It was originally a Democrat proposal to go ahead and rope this in and try and get more people into it. But, you know, I hate to break it to you, but they have a point. You have cryptocurrency out there and it's being used as a way to dodge tax laws. You can't tax cryptocurrency, so why not move money around as crypto instead and avoid paying any kind of income tax on it or any kind of sales tax or any kind of this, that, or the other kind of tax on it. It is being used as a giant tax dodge and money laundering and ransoms and all sorts of other fantastic illegal activity. But regulating cryptos 
How dare they regulate my cryptos? Yeah, well, I hate to break it to you, but remember how I said it was only a matter of time? Look at that. It was only a matter of time. What are the odds? Oh, wait, a hundred freaking percent. Whine and complain all you want, crypto lovers. But it doesn't change the fact that, guess what? Crypto is used to dodge tax laws. Just like crypto is used for a metric ton of other illegal activities, no matter how much you want to lie to yourself and say that it's not. That also being said, I wouldn't worry about it because it's being added to a giant freaking pork inflated omnibus bill that every single responsible representative is not going to vote for because holy cow this thing is such a massive bloat that it needs to be broken down and vote on separately and guess what that's what's going to end up happening or it's going to end up just dying in the senate and then both sides of the aisle are going to point at each other and say it was their fault because guess what that's how the world that's how the world of politics works more often than not issues are brought up said to be important and they really don't care and they're just used as weapons to point at the other side and say they are evil welcome to politics It's awful. There. Political rant over. Let's instead talk about how the UK government is looking at it, at NVIDIA and saying, hey, you know what? Maybe NVIDIA taking over ARM is a bad idea. And in fact, it is now looking more and more lo- likely after a CMA report that is Competition and Markets Authority in the UK government is inclined to reject NVIDIA's takeover of ARM. We have been kind of talking about this for quite some time now about how it's looking more and more likely that NVIDIA taking over ARM is going to be looked at as uh, kind of bad for competition. And lo and behold, it is looking more and more and more likely that it will, in fact, be killed. That is pretty much the entire story. And once again, my echo continues to just lose its mind. Echo stop. Fortunately, none of you on the podcast heard that, but the echo just decided to resume some random country music. I know none of you heard it, but that's pretty much just... Anytime anyone tells me that smart devices are the future, I point to this Amazon Echo and how it just continues to just prove that AI is really, really dumb. 
Kind of a proof to the story earlier we talked about, about how the Pentagon thinks they have an AI that can predict the future. I'm just saying. Freaking Alexa cannot figure out whether I'm saying moving on to the next story and resume Amazon Music. Documentation, however, inside of Google, shifting gears wildly, said that Google considered buying some or all of Epic Games during the Fortnite clash to try and prevent Epic from moving forward with this lawsuit against both Apple and Google regarding the behavior of their app stores. Yikes. That is a, uh, that, that, that's a big yikes. There's no other way to look at that. And really does kind of make, make you begin to say, hey, you know, you know how, uh, you know how, uh, Google tried to say that you can have other app stores, therefore we're not a monopoly. What are you hiding? Because more and more, it seems like you're trying to hide something. But here's a bit of a distraction for you. Google is uh, going to be launching a Pixel 5a, a cheap version of their flagship Pixel 5, which will be at $450. The phone, which was blocked by a pop-up using a roll of toilet paper for some reason, will contain a 6.4 inch 60 hertz refresh rate screen which is supposedly forced at 90 hertz whatever the heck that means it will be a mostly black phone i'm not even kidding that is the name of the color mostly black running a snapdragon 765g a 4650 milliamp battery no wireless charging and six gigabytes of ram no word on the internal storage but it will be available starting august 26th this device will only be launching in the United States and Japan. Though it's kind of puzzling that they go ahead and uh, launch this phone now, considering the fact that they've completely exposed the fact that this fall, the new Pixel 6 will be launching. And it will, in fact, debut their new in-house processor known as Google Tensor. Yeah. Google is just straight up going to be using their own in-house hand-developed processor in their next flagship Pixel phone. We don't know much more other than the chip will exist and people who have had a chance to play with it says it performs well in a closed environment. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see how this goes. As we now move into a world of uh, everyone just decided to out Intel Intel for better or for worse, I guess. Meanwhile, YouTube is taking their war against TikTok a bit more seriously. YouTube Shorts will now feature payouts 
two content creators investing over 100 million dollars so that content creators can get paid for making their YouTube shorts. I am not gonna lie. Has anyone here actually used YouTube shorts? I'm actually curious. Anyone here in the chat? Anyone here listening? Anyone? I have once in a while fired up the YouTube shorts section. And, uh, I feel like I get whiplash because the YouTube algorithm for shorts does not seem to be like trying to get anything towards your own interests at all. And most of what I get is just a guy playing Minecraft and trying to poorly explain why the U.S. criminal justice system is, is not that good. But the only reason he gives is what other people do, but never gives a why. If you're going to make educational content, you have to answer why. I'm sorry. That's just the rules. Otherwise, you haven't taught anything. You've just said words. Like, I'm going to tell you the why right here. Why make this fund it's to go up against tiktok tiktok right now is way bigger than it has any right to be and it needs some competition so of course you go ahead and offer funds to it despite the fact that almost no ads run along shorts and now you begin to challenge the king in the space chat says that would take too long they're shorts you only have a couple of seconds you have 60 seconds and there are people out there who have made educational shorts one uh youtuber i actually do frequent uh goes by the name of chubby emu actually did very well in 59 seconds explaining a case explaining what went wrong with the patient went into detail about how every how everything went wrong and how the recovery took place all in 59 seconds it is doable but again the whole point of content is in fact to do it properly if you're going to make educational content and not just say why then why bother I do want to see the recommendation system of YouTube shorts actually get better because that is one area that YouTube could do much better in I also think YouTube should just increase the limit of what's a short to two minutes to match TikTok right now YouTube shorts is capped out at a minute TikTok is capped out at two minutes just up it to two. Or maybe two minutes is too long. Maybe they know something I don't. I don't know. I haven't made it. I haven't made a short yet. Maybe I should. I don't know. 
Google is, however, starting to license out their Stadia game streaming platform to industry partners. <laughs> Someone in chat says, what about attention span? That is the thing. Is one minute better because of that short attention span that we are just notorious for? I'm not going to lie. 10 seconds into a short, if, you, if you're just wasting my time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip up. I'm just swipe up. I'm going to move on. It's true. So Google licensing, licensing out its Stadia gaming platform to industry partners. Apparently, we're just going to move on and say, hey, want to run your own Stadia? We couldn't make it work. Do you want to make it work? That's, that, that's, the, that's the stage of Stadia we're at right now. The... Here, you try, jerk. I guess we'll just see how well that goes down the road. I'm not a fan of Stadia. I, have I made it public enough that I absolutely hate the concept of Stadia? Especially since that <laughs> there's just been nothing out of Stadia that has convinced me that its model has a future. Have I made that abundantly clear enough? Should I make it abundantly clear some more? Uh. YouTube Premium is now adding a YouTube pretty Premium Lite for right now only available in Europe. For $6.99, you instead get Premium Lite, which basically just means you can use YouTube without ads. Does this sound appealing to anyone? Do, let's even pretend it's not euros, because I know euros right now are worth more than the US dollar, I think. Actually, I'm not sure. Regardless, let, let's just pretend for $7. Would you want, want to pay YouTube $7 a month to remove ads? And this does mean removing them natively. So you're not just using like uBlock anymore on your browser. It's now, it's now you have no ads on your phone, your Chromecast, your web browser, whatever. Across the board, no ads. Does that sound appealing to you? Someone in chat pointed out, wait, didn't they have this same feature with YouTube Red for $4.99? Yes. Yes, they did. And now it's gone. Except it's back, but only in Europe. Wee! <laughs> Oh, man. I'm actually now a little curious. Is it actually... Is, is there any sort of feature like this? Whoa, whoops. Try to go and take a look at my YouTube settings. End up accidentally playing one of my own videos because I'm a genius. 
I have no idea if that actually was heard on the podcast or not. I blacked out of it so quickly. I actually do not. Oh, here we go. No, there's just YouTube premium. Which is currently $12 a month. Which is get YouTube and YouTube music ad free uh, with your Samsung Galaxy device. I wonder if it's saying Samsung Galaxy device because they have a partnership with Samsung Galaxy or because they stalk me enough to know that I have a Samsung Galaxy device. What does that say about the the world we live in that I'm not sure if it's a part... Not sure if brand partnership or if spying. But yeah, I know YouTube Red is gone. I think we even talked about it and I just forgot about it because it's YouTube Red. <laughs> Chat says probably both. Both? Both? Both. Both is good. Yeah, probably both. I know Chat's just joking, but it would not surprise me at all if they weren't. Because that's just the kind of world we live in now. Whee! All right. We're going to take our last break here when we come back. Apple actually caring about... um, I'm sorry. Actually caring about their most repairable product as well as all of the craziness in the tech world. We'll be back. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. As I said... The Mac Pro, Apple's literally, not figuratively, literally only field repairable computer. Actually got an upgrade. I know. I'm surprised too, considering everything has been Apple M1. Praise be to the M1 chip. Praise be to the performance king that also can't play a lot of the applications you need because they're not there yet but praise be to the m1 it is the future and if you ever deny it you are the fool yeah it might be the future but it ain't the future yet it's the now now but that being said the mac pro had two big problems one It's a single socket workstation. When you talk about future-proofing your commercial-grade workstations, you want multiple sockets so that you have an upgrade path. Yeah, 28 cores might be fine now. But what about down the road? What about five years from now? What about six years, seven years, eight years? 
from now. That's always why the highest end workstations are dual socket machines. You may not add one now, but you want the option to add one later. The other problem it had was that the GPU options were completely, and I mean completely and utterly terrible. Mostly because the Mac Pro launched at a time when the best GPUs that AMD had to offer was Vega. And Vega, it was better than Polaris. But Vega GPUs were still bad, especially compared to NVIDIA. But of course, Apple and NVIDIA get al about as well, get, get along about as well as Intel and 10 nanometers does. So they just couldn't come to agreement and Apple just continued to use AMD. Well, nowadays, AMD has come miles ahead of where they were. RDNA 1 and 2 are both vastly superior to Vega, especially RDNA 2. RDNA 2 is actually competitive with NVIDIA. NVIDIA has been dominating the GPU market for the last, what, five, six, seven years? Until now. Now AMD is competitive. RDNA 2 actually does keep toe-to-toe -to -toe with NVIDIA. You wouldn't know it because GPUs are a myth anyway. A story that we tell our kids to let them dream that one day they can game on something other than a Google Stadia Chromecast. One day, one day, little Tommy, one day you can have your own gaming rig. GPUs can be used for gaming again instead of mining Ethereum. But half sarcasms and jokes aside, seeing, seeing Apple actually upgrade with RDNA 2 based Radeon Pro cards is a nice sight. But of course, there's a big elephant in the room. First off, they are their MPX cards, which have both a standard PCI Express 16X slot, and then another almost PCI Express 16X slot that just connects power. So look at the boards themselves. They aren't going to fit into a normal computer. It's only going to fit into the Mac Pro. And then, of course, there is the elephant in the room, the price. The Radeon Pro W6800X MPX module We'll, we'll add an additional $2,400 to your Mac Pro build and be roughly the same performance as a RX 6800X. Then there is also a Radeon Pro W6800X Duo for an additional 4600 that will have two RX 6800 GPUs on one board. And then there is also a Radeon Pro W... 6900X, nice, MPX module for an additional $5,600. Now, the overall majority of you look at those prices and one of two thoughts enter your head. 
One thought either enters, whoa. Apple's expensive. Or, holy cow, that is a huge markup on GPUs. I know GPUs are being scalped by na- right now, but holy cow. Talk about Apple cutting out the middleman. But here's something else to consider. Do you know what a professional GPU normally goes for price-wise? Some of you actually might. We've talked about it here in the past. About how if you want to go ahead and make the, the one of the most expensive builds on Newegg, you don't go for a Titan. You don't go for a GTX 690. You don't go for any of those sort of cards. You go for the Quadros. Because those are the real expensive cards, despite the fact that power-wise, they're very similar to a GeForce card. But why? Well, a couple of reasons. One, there is a hardware validation process to reach the utmost quality. So claims the GPU manufacturer. The other thing is also the additional memory. They always have much more memory on these cards than you normally see on your standard gaming computers. There's standard gaming GPUs. And then there's also the software validation. And that is by far the biggest value in it. To make sure the, va- the the extra work with the various manufacturers, like Adobe, like with Adobe's the only one that's coming to mind right now, but the people who make like Maya and CAD and all those other or Autodesk and uh, and every other bit of professional software, that is where a lot of that cost comes in, just to talk to those people, and then also, well, let's be honest. There's also the point that it's a professional card. They know they can charge a premium for that kind of validation and quality to a professional clientele. It is not uncommon for a mid-range Quadro card to cost $1,000. The highest-end Quadro cards tend to cost four, dollars $5,000. So to see this kind of pricing come from the Radeon Pros for a Mac Pro, I'm not surprised. I think it's a little higher than it should be. Like, I think it should be $1,2500 and $5,000, respectively, for these three upgrades. But then we just go back to the fact that it's Apple. Apple's going to do what Apple's going to do. So that is my thought. I am more surprised on the fact that they even did an upgrade at all. I thought once Apple announced they were going to switch to Apple Silicon, that any hope of the only, literally the only repairable Mac getting any kind of update was dead. And this thing was going to be replaced by yet another trash can. 
I'm still waiting for it, by the way. I'm still waiting for the Mac Pro trash can. You know it's going to happen. They're going to go back to a stupid cylinder on a desk or just like a double stacked Mac Mini. Don't doubt me. It's going to happen. What you can doubt, though, is Microsoft having a clue. In a recent video, Microsoft developers have uh, basically said that those of you who are using older hardware that is not capable of handling Windows 11, you just need to simply upgrade and get with the times. Having a trusted platform module on your computer is the way of the future. And those of you peasants who don't have a new enough computer to handle a trusted platform module just need to upgrade. This mentality, that's not the exact quote that Microsoft used, but it was pretty close. Um, it got backlash. It got massive, massive backlash. I don't get what is going through Microsoft's head because the correct answer to the requirement is just saying, check your computer. You probably have a trusted platform module built into the blasted UEFI anyway. Like no joke, it's probably already built in. But no, we're going to go ahead and take this pompous attitude with this because apparently for whatever reason, Microsoft has their own internal problem and it's instead of with Blizzard, it being their employees molesting each other here in the Microsoft campus, it's everyone being so smug. They love the smell of their own farts. What is going on in the world right now where so many companies just instead want to listen internally instead of, oh, I don't know, listening to your freaking customers. Because I hate to break it to you, no matter how much you like the smell of your own farts, there's only one thing paying your bills and it's your customers. Spoilers. But you know, by all means, they're just going to continue to do what they're going to do, right? And there's nothing we can do about it other than to continue saying, hey, you know, maybe, maybe we deserve a few answers. Or, you know, better yet, maybe you should explain why you think that you know, only computers that are three year old, three years old or newer deserve to have Windows 11. That I, I swear the CPU recommendation requirement is a much bigger WTF than the trusted platform module. But you know, let's continue griping about the trusted platform module and let's continue to watch Microsoft fail 
at handling it. Oh, by the way, Intel accidentally leaked that there's going to be a Thunderbolt 5, and then they deleted it. But, you know, they showed that it's going to have 80 gigabits per second. Wee! They also mentioned it's going to have PAM 3. I don't know what PAM 3 is. I'm fairly certain it's not a cooking spray. But that's a thing that happened. Another thing that happened is a tweet was sent out from a company that we thought has been long dead. 3DFX posted their back. And we're going to go ahead and return with a graphic card. <gasps> 3DFX! Weren't they bought by NVIDIA? They're back? There's going to be a 3DFX card? What does it mean? What could it mean? Can an ancient Titan come back? Will computer voodoo return? Of course not. What were you smoking to think in the first place that this was even remotely true? They were bought by NVIDIA. Why the heck would 3DFX come out of freaking nowhere to say they were coming back when they're owned by NVIDIA? Anything that they would have launched would just be NVIDIA. But of course they announced a date. Everyone gets hyped up for no adequately explored reason. And uh, lo and behold, it was a hoax. What was the odds? Oh, wait, 100%. And the tweet was deleted. But that being said, if you want a service that actually is useful, for $60, scammers will go ahead, impersonate someone, and then flag that person's account the original account for being a fraud of their own. <sighs> I, I have no words. The, the fact that this service exists makes me very, very sad. Only $60 to be a complete jerk. Wow, what a steal. You know what is a good deal, though? Microsoft's new security mode built into Microsoft Edge. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you, and I want to stress this. What I'm about to say is not, under any circumstances, sarcasm. The following words coming out of my out of my mouth are not sarcasm. Microsoft introduces super duper secure mode. That is the actual name of the security function launched by Microsoft. Super duper secure mode
Now, they're just saying they want to have fun with this security project. It's nothing too serious right now. But I just want to know, when I fire up this experimental security mode, will I have a picture of South Park Al Gore pop up my screen saying, you're totally secure. I'm super duper serial right now. That's what I want to know. And that should be, this could be an excellent partnership between South Park Studios and Microsoft. This could be the security mode we need. Not because it does anything, but because South Park Al Gore is assuring us that we'll be secure from Man Bear Pig. But that brings us to the last burb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the week. For $6,000 a night, you can reserve a hotel room. That is designed to look exactly like a Star Wars Galactic Cruiser on the inside. My personal favorite is Gizmodo's headline of this. That it'll cost you $6,000 to Star Wars LARP with your family at Disney World. Now, I have a lot of mixed feelings about this. Like, okay, I get it. You spent a lot of money. In fact, it's estimated that, that Walt Disney spent $122 billion for the hotel. So, of course, the price for a room is going to be high to help recuperate that cost. Because it's going to take a while. And it's not like the cost of managing a hotel is low to begin with infamously having razor-thin margins and whatnot. But man, I'm not going to lie. For $6,000, I just, I don't think any amount of futuristic Star Wars-ness is going to make me want to go and say, yeah, yeah, I'm on board. I mean, you got to be a massive, massive Star Wars nerd to hop on board that kind of nonsense. Chat wants to know if you can live like Jabba the Hutt for a day. I don't think you're going to be able to get your... Uh, I, I do not believe you're going to get your own Princess Leia slave girl for 6000 a night. I'm fairly certain that's not going to happen. Maybe, though... You can live like Pizza the Hut, though, and instead just have pizza toppings poured all over you for that kind of money. Or for, actually, for that kind of money, you can just go to your grocery store and just get the ingredients yourself. Folks, that is going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening, and I do encourage you to check out our daily podcast, The Early Bird Briefing, which you can find wherever you found this podcast. iHeartRadio, iTunes... Or is it Apple Podcast? Now I'm not sure. Google Podcast, wherever you found it, it is there as well. And check out my Twitch page, twitch.tv slash Eagle Falcon. Take care, and hopefully you have a great day.
so first things first in this in this little uh post segment uh i actually misread it's the disney company that's worth an, an estimated 122 billion dollars not the hotel the article actually does not say how much the hotel is worth i imagine it's worth quite a bit but that also being said when it comes to sci-fi luxury is star wars really the first thing that pops in your head i mean honestly star wars you normally think of you know a space western we're all just roughing it and getting out there to make whatever living you can now if you want sci-fi luxury i'm just saying star trek now there is where you got luxury the unfortunate thing though is i don't think we're we don't have the technology yet to make cheesecake out of thin air yet (laughs) 